can cyber policy protect the 2020 elections, Norsk Hydro's persistent ransomware horror story, and faster payment fraud. Who owns it? These stories and more in this week's ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Nick Holland. In terms of US cyber policy, nation-state meddling and hacking, it's been an interesting week. We're now in a post-Muller report period of enlightenment, knowing that the investigation found no Trump-Russia conspiracy. However, the evidence of Russian election meddling in 2016 remains indisputable, as is the consensus that it's still going on and is likely to continue well into the 2020 US election season. At the RSA conference the other week, ISMG's Senior Vice President of Editorial, Tom Field, sat down with a man who knows a thing or two about nation-state threats to cybersecurity, Chris Painter, Commissioner of the Global Commission on the Stability of Cyberspace, and former White House cybersecurity czar in the Obama administration. Tom asked Chris, what role will cyber policy play in the 2020 election? Here's Chris's response. Well, I think it, it should play a big role. Although one of the things that I've always, you know, look, I've been coming to RSA for a number of years, and some of the conversations we still had are the conversations we've had many years ago. And the difference I've seen is this has moved from just being a technical issue to one that more and more countries, more and more decision makers, you know, ministers in other countries, cabinet officials here, are looking at it as a core national security issue, a core economic issue, core foreign policy issue, and human rights issue. And that's good. They don't know what to do about it, but they, they're thinking this is more important. So that's key, and I think that will make it more of an issue in 2020. Clearly, the election interference, that's not going to go away. And we have, to make, we have to be much stronger at reacting to that, making sure there are costs for that, so they'll think twice about doing it again. You remind me of your, your former colleague, Phil Reidinger. He's got a, a, a saying he always says, which I've been in this meeting before. Yes, it's Bill, pretty Bill, much and I, Bill and I worked together for many years. And, and you were so in a lot of those same meetings. Yes, we're in the same meetings, right? And some of the, and some of the discussions... Sometimes it's good bringing new participants in, but sometimes you think, you know, 10 years ago I remember talking about this, and that's not progress. What's the meeting we have to have? I think the meeting we have to have is really with, uh, both with other countries, like-minded countries, to, to uh, share information better, to react better, to have this coalition of countries who can react to these bad actors, uh, but also with industry, with, also with the private sector and civil society and others. This commission I'm on, this global commission, brings together those different actors. It's not just former government folks like me, but it's people like Vince Cerf, and it's the former uh, Prime Minister of Sweden, Carl Bildt, and it's Scott Charney from Microsoft, and it's Jeff Moss, and it's uh, a range of folks, and Joe Nye. It's a range of folks from different areas who can bring their expertise and try to help this discussion of how do you bring greater stability in the long run to cyberspace? How can you not just do this from government perspective, but that broader perspective. And I think we need to have those conversations. Now, we've been talking about that for a long time, too. Right. But I do think we're making some progress. Chris, thank you for your time today. And please, keep up the good work. Absolutely happy to be here. Thank you. Excellent. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. It's been another bad week for Norsk Hydro. In a follow-up to the lead story in last week's Security Report podcast, the aluminum giant divulged this week some of the costs incurred already by the March 18 ransomware attack, which provides a shocking window on just how financially devastating such attacks can be. His ISMG's executive editor, Data Breach Today in Europe, Matthew Schwartz, with the update on the attack. 
The Locker Goga ransomware infection that hit Norsk Hydro continues to rack up big bills for the Oslo-based aluminum giant. More than one week after the attack, Hydro held another in a series of press conferences this week to update customers on the operational and financial impact of the ransomware outbreak. A week has now passed since we were hit by a sophisticated cyber attack, posing a very serious threat to our global operations. A week later, we are relieved to be able to confirm that we are mostly managed to maintain our operations, customer deliveries, and other internal and external obligations. With some exceptions within the business area of extruded solutions, and in particular within the business unit, which is called building systems, which we will revert to shortly. Our global IT organizations, operators, and support functions have done a tremendous job in this period. So says Hydro Chief Financial Officer Ivan Kulovic. He says plants affected by the ransomware outbreak quickly resorted to manual processes. More employees were also brought in to work shifts to help ensure safety as well as production levels. As the attack hit us uh, last Tuesday, uh, we quickly uh, contained the further spread of the infection through isolation of the plants and shutting down servers all across the company. We then moved over to the next stage, which was to find a cure, which would enable us to get rid of the virus and restalling and starting the recovery process in a safe and secure manner. We have now reached this uh, critical recovery phase, uh, which we still expect to last several weeks or longer before also all of our tens of thousands of servers, computers, and systems are back up and running. Kulovic estimates that the cost of the ransomware outbreak stands at 350 million kroner, equivalent to about $40 million. He says that cost estimate doesn't include lost business from some of the company's plants having to operate still at reduced capacity. Based on the high-level estimates, the preliminary financial estimate is uh, in the range of 300 to 350 million Norwegian kroner, with a a majority of this stemming from margins and volume lost within extruded solutions. We look ahead. Uh, It is clear that there will also be a financial impact over the weeks to come, uh, although this is expected to reduce gradually as we continue to ramp up production and production capacities within extruded solutions. Also important to note uh, that we do hold a cyber insurance uh, policy within the company with AIG as the primary insurance carrier or the lead carrier for that insurance premium. What do we know about LockerGoga ransomware? Well, Finnish security firm F-Secure says the code underlying the ransomware isn't complex or complicated. On the other hand, it does appear to be quite effective in the handful of targeted attacks in which it's so far been seen. Since the beginning of the year, Lokergoga has been suspected in four attacks. One involved French engineering firm Altran, and two involved chemical manufacturing facilities in the United States. The fourth, obviously, is Hydro, which continues to remediate the attack, and authorities in Norway are continuing to investigate. Fans of Nordic Noir are likely already familiar with Krepos, which is the nickname of Norway's National Criminal Investigation Service. It's a special agency of the Norwegian Police Service. It's taking the lead on the investigation and also working with others. On Wednesday at the Scott Secure Conference in Edinburgh, Scotland, I heard Stephen Wilson the head of Europol's European Cybercrime Center, say that EC3, as it's known, is continuing to help coordinate the wider investigation. Europol is the EU's law enforcement intelligence agency and has form for helping to run these kinds of 
coordinated investigations. In the meantime, Hydro is continuing to bring its systems back online and working to get its plants working at full capacity. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Matthew Schwartz. You may have noticed that a lot of things in life are getting faster. Streaming movies, online deliveries, pretty much every aspect of our analog and digital lives. It's not surprising then that this has also become an expectation for payments. Gone are the days of waiting three business days for a check to clear. With real-time payment initiatives such as Venmo and Zelle, funds hit our accounts pretty much as soon as the send button has been clicked. At the recent ISMG Fraud Summit in New York, I spoke with Deborah Geister, financial crime strategist at Nice Actimize. She was doing a session on faster payments fraud, and I had a few questions about whether faster payments did indeed mean faster fraud. Having established that it does, I moved on to ask, in instances where faster payment fraud occurs, who is liable? Here's her response. Yeah, that's an interesting point. And so in most cases, um, it has been the originating side of the transaction that has traditionally um, uh, taken the responsibility for that. You don't see the, the mechanisms a lot of times, the, the rails, they won't take any responsibility in most cases. And the receiving side of the transaction has said, not our responsibility, right? I think that is starting to shift. What we're seeing in the UK right now is that the industry there has by and large taken responsibility on both sides of the transaction to make the consumers whole, especially in the uh, what they call authorized push payment fraud or right. consumer authorized fraud uh, within the UK. So I think that they are stepping up and they're taking um, responsibility to try and solve the issue. Yeah. It's not an easy problem to solve. No, sure. I mean, is that a symptom of them? I think I mean, faster payments in the UK have been around for a while. They so have been. it's slightly more mature than the US. But yes. I mean, do you think we're going to follow suit? I think we typically do. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, things like PSD2, uh, GDPR, those things all have an impact here. Sure. They're kind of the model that we follow in some cases. And what tends to happen is we see things happen in the UK market. It, it moves over here to the New York, yeah. uh, uh, different regulatory agencies, and then it kind of spreads across the country. Okay. So I do expect that will happen in, in this case. That's it for this week's ISMG Security Report. The music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Nick Holland. Catch you next time.